Good evening, Patriots. It's Friday, June 24th. I'm watching the comments on the board, all this mixed response. If people don't know what that song is, it's Magic Sword in the Face of Evil. It was posted back by Q about two years ago. And I put it up just because Q's popped up tonight again. We'll have to talk about that a bit. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is going to be a fun night already. I see this one coming. All right, Patriots. Today is June Friday, June 24th, year 2022. And it's 24 Saturday on the East Coast, or 25th of June on the East Coast. So welcome. Before we begin, make sure you're taking good care of your health. There's a lot to take care of. There's a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. Also, a lot of good things happening, but you got to keep your immune system strong. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Well, Patriots, I think we'll start with a little re. Hold on a second. I left that other song going. Didn't even realize I did. All right, let's try this again. Let's uh, let's listen to a little re. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away a woman's right to make their own dis- reproductive health decisions. Nancy, because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the Republican Party, their supermajority in the Supreme Court. American women today have less freedom than their mothers. With Roe and their attempt to destroy it, radical Republicans are charging ahead with their crusade to criminalize health freedom. All right, Nancy, we have a response to this. Here we go. Try this. Yep. All right, so this is the way I see it. It's pretty simple. Yeah, God gave us this victory. It's pretty awesome. And Nancy, suck it. Sorry, you just you don't deserve anything other than pain right now. You've delivered enough pain to this nation, and God's delivering justice. This is how God plays. You want to see wrath? This is what wrath looks like. It's a slow, slicing death to everything that you've had. And we're bringing it because we pray, we trust in the Lord, and the Lord's bringing his glory to this world once again. God will be restored on the throne, no question about it. And you Satanists are being driven out of the driven out of here and back to your pit in hell. 
So Nancy, so sorry you're having such a sombering moment, but it's going to get worse. Buckle up. We're on the move. Our prayers are getting stronger. God's taken us onto the offensive, and this has been a bad week of many more to come. Praise the Lord. So I think that about sums it up right there. I am telling you right now, this is a fantastic day, and it is really, really important that we all continue to praise God for his amazing gift and glory over this this entire Luciferian pit. We are well on the way towards starting a massive offensive. And Patriots, I just have to tell you, it's not going to get easy from here out. I mean, if you thought it was hard before, it's going to get worse. And it's because so much of the emphasis is going to fall on us at a local level. We had the re-entrance of Q tonight, and I want to touch on it because whether you like Q, hate Q, you know my position on Q. I've said very many times that Q is very instrumental in generating the momentum and the awakening. My line has been drawn on the worship of Q. And I don't, I whoever, whatever Q is, I could probably have this conversation and whatever it is, whether it's an AI, whether it's a quantum computer or whether it's a human being, I think there would be a mutual agreement. The Q was never intended to be a worship. It was intended to be an information source to lead people to seek the truth. My objection has been, and I'm going to be very candid about this, of what happened to the Q movement, which became effectively like a cult, that the only thing that they circled around was what Q said, and they weren't paying attention. I put a lot of responsibility on the Patriot movement to have kept people alive during this clot shot attack. And sadly, the memers, all this great talent that was raised up in Q, I don't know what happened to them. And that's something that's an accountability issue that's going to have to be discussed as we move forward. Right now, we're in the middle of the fight. It's good to see Q back. It's a unifying agent. But at the end of the day, we had a responsibility to fight for humanity, whether Q is on the battlefield or not. I'm Frankly, it's, it's interesting, and it, it's a good thing to see Q come back because it's going to bring a lot of people back into the fight. And it's going to unify a lot. But I'm also going to say this. Q is an information drop. There's going to be accurate things. There's going to be things that are going to be intentionally deceptive, and there's going to be things that are designed intentionally to drive you to research and dig. It is something to follow like other news cycles, but I'm putting this out there. Our faith has to be center point into Jesus and God Almighty. And if we start to deviate into this obsession over Q where we lose our mind again, we're not going to make any progress as a nation because the problem always with Q, the way it's translated, I'm not putting the fault on Q, the way people translate it is someone else is going to fix this for us. Our nation is being fixed by us. Today we had an amazing victory. And it's in, by all odds, this is God's gift to us. God listening to our prayers, God delivering justice. But the critical piece is we have held tight to our faith. We've been diligent. We've prayed. I'll tell you that the, there has been so much pain that people on the side of the Lord have had to dealt with, deal with in the last couple of years from division of families, from division even among patriots, from loss of family and friends because of the clot shot. It's been difficult. Ostracization from friends, circles, and groups, feeling alone. The greatest glory that we've all learned and reinforced in every single one of us to a deeper level is the fact that God has been there and always is there for us. And that's one of the greatest lessons coming from this. 
So, so where I'm at right now, this is a very, very important piece. I'm not going to, I'm not making any sort of judgments or issues around what Q is or isn't. Okay. All I'm telling you is it's coming, it's back. Q is back. And right now we have to make sure that we balance that with where the real victory came today. And the victory came from the Lord today. That was God's gift and victory. And that's something we'll, we will celebrate through this show. And we're going to, we celebrate it in every show today. We're going to celebrate it again in our prayers tonight. I'm just going to go over to the couple of the posts. So you have them. And this comes up tonight. This was post, this was reposted across from eight coon to QAnon.pub. Okay. And the first post was, shall we play a game once more? That posted tonight on at um, 8.26 Eastern Time. The second post was, it had to be done this way, which was posted at 21.09 Eastern Time. And the last post, are you ready to serve your country again? Remember your oath, Q. So my response to that, last one in particular, is we've always been serving our country because we've been serving our country through God and we are committed to our oath to our Lord Jesus and God. So we have never stopped serving. And that's the one thing I can say about Bard's Nation. And it's very, very important on that. So I'm reading somebody here and says, they say, don't spend any more time on Q. This is God's moment. I'm reading a show tonight. You don't like it? Bugger off. We're going through details, and I've put God at the center of this from the very beginning. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, people are too hypersensitive. Right now, what God is doing, all of this is God's work, all of it. And what God is doing is literally bringing people back together and the unity and the very many things that he's doing. And the power of this right now, of what's happened today, is we're starting to see the different fragmentations, even within the, the patriot movement, to start to come together. Like it or not, Q's been an, inter- an important part of mobilizing people, and it's important to see that come back to start unifying, because we're going to have to start making bridges amongst ourselves and really building the strength. We're going to need it going forward. The left is in a rabid fit right now. So it is so important that we lead the way in building bridges among our fellow patriots. We need a lot of prayers. You know, when we have the disciples going out into the world, not everybody was in alignment with Christ. Their mission was to bring that love that Christ brought to this world into the world. And that's really where we are doing here. And this is so important right now because right now we're getting into a new level of this fight where there is going to be a lot of people that are going to have to come to the realization of what this whole abortion issue was about. Now, the hardest, I would say one of the darkest things that people are going to have to face is what the real motivation of all of this was. I'm going to read you a piece tonight that was posted by BioClandestine, really good piece. And I, I want you to read the, hear this because this is a really good assessment of where we are, a couple of them. The first one reads this, now that we have had time to celebrate the win, let's analyze the situation. The Dems are pissed, but why are the Dems so angry about this ruling? Well, many reasons, but it's mostly about money. 
With the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, many states immediately canceled all scheduled abortions and shut down all Planned Parenthoods across the state. This will continue across every red state. This is a massive hit into campaign funding and slush money the DNC generates from Planned Parenthood. Look at Planned Parenthood's campaign donations. They are 100% to DNC candidates. The DNC are running their campaigns on the revenue from slaughtering babies. They spent $45 million on the 2020 elections alone. Every penny was given to Democrats. The Democrat politicians are not concerned about women's rights. They are upset because they have just lost $20 million plus in campaign funding per year. This has always been about the money because through the money we leads to the, the issues of Babylon. We are the center of Babylon and Babylon is falling and the cash has been cut off. It's a fantastic victory today. And what's really significant, I find, in, in a very positive sense, as I've moved across a lot of posts today, and I've moved from, just, I would say, 2A conservatives to Q conservatives to MAGA conservatives to even people that are coming over from a very uh, neutral or independent site and some even moderate Dems. And this is what's amazing, is that almost universally, people are looking to this in one fashion or another as a gift of renewing life in this nation. From a statement across the world, the world has now been witness to something very impressive, that our nation has now said that our Constitution guarantees and assures life. It doesn't give a guarantee of murder. That is such a powerful statement to the world, and it's, again, God speaking boldly across the entire globe. And it's very important that we continue that mission to empower and enhance the glory of life that we were given. I've seen some beautiful videos tonight, I mean, visual videos. One in particular was a father-daughter dancing and singing. And, it, and it's, there's just a huge celebration that's come off. There's like a real darkness that's been lifted from this nation. And this is one step of many, many more to come. But it's only going to continue if we continue our march with Jesus in our heart, and we continue marching forward to build the bridges with one another. Look, we can be, we aren't all going to agree and all come together at the same point. But that road that we're, walk, we're walking with God, that high road, isn't to judge, but it's to lead and to offer the glory that God gives us and to share that with one another. When it comes to a deep, dark enemy like this we're facing, there's moments of David versus Goliath. Today was an amazing moment of watching Goliath fall, one of the powerful moments where we see one of their strategic weapons of war was wiped out. And as we are reminded in that story with David and Goliath, just because Goliath fell didn't mean the war was over. The enemy dispersed, but then they had to pursue the enemy and slay everyone. Those sorts of reminders in this type of warfare we're in, which is an information war and a war of perception, those, form, those terms of warfare sound brutal. They are equally brutal in the terms of what we are dealing with. We have to slay this ideology. We have to destroy liberalism in its core for what it represents. Here's another piece I want to read you from BioClandestine because it's a really good assessment of what we're facing. So here's how it goes. As the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, this will dominate the news cycle. 
The riots will surely begin tonight, and with the response to this ruling, the left will further cement themselves as the party of insanity. While Americans are struggling to pay for gas and food, the left and the DNC are focused on sending tens of billions of our tax dollars to arm literal Nazis and burning cities down because the Supreme Court said killing babies is up to the states. As we approach the midterms, let's do a quick tally on the left and what they openly have supported over the past two years. Slaughtering children, grooming children, indoctrinating children, raping children, arming Nazi military forces in Ukraine, bioterrorism, forced medical experimentation, Orwellian censorship, brainwashing and propaganda, racism against the white culture, sexism against men, war or heterosexual, war on heterosexuals, abolishing the right to defend yourself, abolishing local and state police, election fraud, higher taxes, more government, less freedom. When future generations read this history books, they will look back with dismay, unable to comprehend how so many Americans actually supported the leftist movement and the party of blatant insanity. The modern day left wing proves that people can be brainwashed to support anything. Now the leftists will take to the streets and supply some good photos and examples for the history books as to why in future America, liberalism no longer exists. So go ahead, let them burn it all down. They are only making our point and justifying the eradication of their ideology. Patriots, stay home, protect your family, let them riot. Never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake and destroying himself. That's my last ad on that. This is literally where we are in a profound moment in history. And it is not a time to engage or to get all buffed up to say, I'm going to go get those boys. They're going to do it to themselves. Quite frankly, most of this action that's happening right now is in our capital. And I think that part of that is thinking that somehow we care. So let me be real clear. Our capital is a Luciferian worshiping temple hellhole. I don't care what they do up there. I'm not attached to the history of the monuments there and just let them do it. They want to burn it down, have at it because in the end we're going to have to rebuild the thing anyway. So we need to step back. This is God doing his action right now. And the amazing thing about this is as all this happens, here's something else that's quite interesting from a justice point of view. And it's just a thought that I had. I'm not saying this was God saying, Hey, check this out, but it's really interesting. We've had a lot of police turn on us in this COVID thing. A lot of them and very disappointing. We've had some great heroes, but we've had a number of police obey orders and avoid the constitution. Well, guess what, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen in blue, you're now on the front lines and you're going to face those that you thought were good or you somehow let pass. And all of those that are a product of the system that you were defending. We're out here. We're going to defend our homes, but this is what happens. This is a form of justice, and I know that sounds brutal, but I'm telling you right now, I'll, we'll pray for the police, and we'll pray for peace in this nation. But in the end of the day, God's always going to do one thing. He's going to bring accountability, and this is what is happening now. So I'm going to loop back quickly to the Q thing. I'm happy to see Q back. I'm happy to see Q back because on this day, to me, whether whatever Q is, God's timing is always perfect, and it's a time down for, to bring people back together and to heal We've had a lot of division in our own movement, and it's disappointing to me because 
part of the movement has always been, should always be, not part. The movement should always be centered on truth. And that's been my objection to the obedience to Q because it ignores truth and ignores hard questions. And you know how I am about that. And I encourage everybody to continue that. But when it comes, when something like this that's so critical to so many in the movement comes back on this day, that's another blessing from God as I see it. Because this is now our opportunity to build the bridges that are needed and to build them powerfully with Jesus at, the, at our front. And we have a lot to be celebratory about tonight. This is truly an amazing time. I want to read to you tonight John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. This destruction of Roe versus Wade starts off as a very, very important reminder to us as well that while it has been removed from the guarantee, the federal guarantee that abortion can happen, the real fight now is in our own communities. So many of you in a red state have had trigger laws, and that means that immediately, or some form of trigger laws, that it means immediately that uh, the abortion is going to, abortion itself will be banned. And that's a very powerful and beautiful thing. At the same time, like myself, I'm in a blue state. And in fact, my bisexual nut job of a governor aligned tonight with, and they had it ready. They didn't do it tonight. They had this already with the hand puppet Gavin Newsom of California and Inslee, the communist up north, all three of these communist turds came together and proclaimed that the West is going to be the sanctuary place, basically, for women's rights. That's cool. Not. But that's where our fight is. And this is one of the reasons I say blue states are really important to understand that most blue states are principally run by a couple of counties that are deeply corrupt. In my state, there's 35 counties 36 counties, and there's 30 of them that are solid red. So the action that we'll be, I'll be leading in, in the coming weeks and months, depending on whether we can get it on the ballot this year or, have, or if it has to wait next year, is to try is to move to get our county to be an anti-abortion county and to get that to be across 30 counties in our, in our state. That's how we're going to fight back because ultimately this is going to come down to a ground fight. And the ground fight that has to be led with our faith in God and the glory that God gives us, but we can never let up on these people. The enemy is not going away quickly. This is just a major blow. But when you do a major blow to an enemy, then you're, you're going to see a retreat or you're going to see a, a repositioning of the enemy and they're going to come back viciously if they can. We have to gut this out of our nation. And quite literally, the disease of liberalism what is what it has become. And it's sad because there's a lot of principles. If you, if you listen to some of the things these people say, I'm not all, there are some value and some very good perspectives that we can gain from. You know, if we, I've said many times that if you took Theodore Roosevelt today, he would be considered by some to be a leftist because Theodore Roosevelt was very much a believer in preserving natural environment. He was a naturalist. He was the one who started the Federal Parks Program for Yosemite, to make sure that for future generations, certain landmarks were preserved. He was also an ardent fighter against the deep state. And he was, at that time, referred to as the robber barons. And he was, he was victorious, and they tried to kill him as well. That's where the Secret Service was first stood up, in fact. 
So what we have to be reminded of is this fight is not new. It's been part of our nation from the beginning. There are people that hate the idea that we the people have power and that the only king that we have over us is God. That was the principally how our Declaration of Independence was set up. And from the very beginning, the Masons, the Jesuits, the whole order of secret societies aligned to take us down because they, it derailed their principle of rule and control over us. And it didn't take them that long. From 1776, by the time we hit this 1871, they had ravaged this nation, pitted us against each other in a civil war, and they had managed to hijack our Constitution right before our very eyes and convert it into a corporate state where our rights were nothing more than an illusion. We can never let this happen again. We have a vigilance that has to come out of this. And it's for that reason that I've said so often that I, I, we're far from over in this thing. We, all, we need these moments where we can celebrate and thank God, but at the same time, we take that break and then we put our nose back to the grindstone and we double and triple down because now this is motivation to start climbing harder and pushing harder for what we have. We, this is a reminder to me today anyway, and I hope you share this, that we are literally at a point where we are needing as a people to have a breath, and that's our gift, but we are now needing to realize that God is truly here. This is the reminder that God is here. He's delivering. And we have a constant role to stand and to continue to press into this fight and to continue to lead with our faith in everything we do. The sword of the Spirit is mighty, and we hope that we don't ever have to see the sword of steel emerge. But that also doesn't mean hope is a pure strategy. You always have to prepare. And I've been talking a lot about that. This has been a really positive night and a positive week of really good interviews and positive things and positive outcomes. And I hope to see many more of them. But one of the things that you will always find from me here, and it's my honesty and my own experience, and it's the experience also from, from war. You cannot live constantly on a high or constantly on a low. You have to find that center line that keeps you stable. Moments like this, this is a moment to acknowledge an amazing victory delivered and brought to us by God. At the same time, this is a moment when we need to realize that this war is now real. God is actively in play and our responsibility goes up exponentially. And it doesn't stop when suddenly we look around and go, oh, hey, guess what? We've got a, a political group in power that we like. This is a beginning of a lifelong commitment. Not that we didn't have it before, but today really for me marks a significant change in the direction and pace of this fight. And it is a, it's a recommitment in ourselves, and I hope we all take this recommitment to God to continue to fight to our last dying breath. This has gone so far off the rails. And you know, I told you I interviewed today Matt Thayer, from, who's done the film Upcoming, which called Selection Code, and with his wife Joy. And he made a really interesting comment that he said, you know, this is a nation that's been deceived and been misled. And he said, I truly believe this is, and you'll hear it in Monday night's interview. He said, I truly believe that God will forgive that because people were deceived into doing and following the wrong. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. But I also think that like all things, forgiveness is given, but as forgiveness is given, accountability arrives. 
all of us now that have been walking with the Lord and have, have witnessed this amazing moment, and it's a profound victory on that level, we realize now, I hope that all of us realize that there is truly accountability. There's accountability for how we live, accountability for the choices we make, and our accountability of making sure we never let this happen again. Our society has gone so far from God, and we're, retri- we're retrieving it. We're bringing it back. We're drink- bringing it back with great efforts on the ground by every one of us. We're seeing it with great efforts on people like Mike Lindell and others that are working diligently. You've got great pastors around the country that are doing the same, and we're seeing more of them start to emerge but they're not the pastors we would have seen before. They're not the ones that have grabbed the headlines. They're not the ones that are in the news or big on social media. They're people that are just building solid congregations. And the one thing we can be assured of is this war is at its core a war against God's children, against our faith and love in him. These people hate God. And it's sad because I don't think they know have any idea who God is, but they've been brainwashed to believe that God is evil, God is hateful, God is the, in, in, in the way of their problems. The irony of all of this is literally that what we're witnessing today is the first stages of loss. They have had a major loss, and many of them now, all of, them, all of those that are protesting and screaming and hollering are all at the same point in the five stages of grief. They're all at that first stage, which is anger. Some will remain there because that is until they have another encounter and ability to get out of it, they will remain in that state of anger. But others will now begin to move through the five steps of anger or five steps of, of, of this whole process of, of loss. And that's going to be the next step is after we do anger, then you, you have to start doing with denial. And from denial, you have to get to bargaining. So there's going to be the denial that it, it, just, it can't be this bad. And they'll start to look at it this way. And then you'll move to bargaining and trying to come up with a way through and convincing themselves that there's a way through this. And then you're going to get to that place of depression when they realize that all really was lost. And then they will come to the place of acceptance. See, all of this is, in my view, God's way of moving all of us to the same point. And there's so much that needs to happen right now in every single one of us. We can't build stovepipes. We can't build walls between each other. We have to find bridges in. And the one thing I can say proudly about Bards Nation is we have a powerful walk and gift to give. And I truly mean that. We have an amazing gift to give, a gift of the love of Jesus and the love of God. And we have to give it. And with that, we give strength. And we share that strength. And with that strength that we share, we, we teach that idea of tolerance and that red line that we'll never cross. You know, when I did the introductions to these shows, which I did three years ago, I never foresaw that they would be so meaningful. As I listened to them tonight, I was like, wow, that was truly God's gift again of where we are to understand what the significance is of this war that we're in. So much of our faith has been lost over the years to this milk toast worship and this idea that peace at any cost. We're witnessing today that peace at any cost gets us death of newborns, and it takes a hard line ultimately and a brutal stance and a commitment in valor to stand up and say, no, this is wrong, it must be undone. The Supreme Court justices today have had enormous threats on their lives. They had a leak, all of this intended to intimidate them and deviate them from their final decision to undo an unjust law. 
It was never constitutional by, by design. The Constitution guaranteed life. It didn't guarantee death. And this affirmation today of what the true values of the Constitution are is right before us, and it's there for the world to witness. And it's a profound day for everybody. Simultaneously this week, we've had the, re, we've had the affirmation that it is, there isn't a law that says that you cannot, you have to have some special reason to conceal carry. So that's rapidly moving us into a universal concealed carry, which is once again guaranteed in our Constitution. And it's quite amazing. Another, all of these things together are giving us strong indications that the fight now is dismantling the federal over, overreach and it's bringing it back home to our home states and to our counties. That translates to a whole lot more work. And not just a little bit on season, it means for the rest of our lives to be vigilant, to teach that vigilance to our children and to their children and and generations yet unborn. This is a tremendous time to be alive, but it's a tremendous responsibility. The Great Awakening didn't come without expectations. And the expectations for us are that we will never let it happen again. And that is must as it must be. We have to really be vigilant now in what's ahead, because there are some real threats ahead. And this is where I go back to whether it's Q or whether it's the positive conversations with Mike Lindell, all of which I, re- I respect everything Mike Lindell said, but we have to temper this a bit. And the reason we have to temper this is because where we're headed is a time where there's going to continue to be a lot of trials. If you think for a moment that this enemy is going to give up easily, you're mistaken. If you think that this one little major blow to them is going to stop their march to try to destroy humanity, think again. And we haven't even got to the consequences of what they've already done. As I was starting to allude to earlier, we are dealing, we're going to deal with many, many people that are going to come to the realization of what abortion was really about. They're going to need tremendous amount of healing and support. They're going to need that relationship with Jesus to get through that because as they realize what they've been part of, they themselves are going to feel lost, abandoned, depressed, and some will even want to seek out suicide. That's now on us to be the great children of God that we are, to seek them out, to find them, to counsel them in the word of the Lord, to introduce them to that deep and very loving and passionate relationship we have with Jesus. Because Jesus can heal this, and their sins are healable. Even Antifa, and I can't stand Antifa, but to be honest with you, if we can get, I would love to see an Antifa person convert to Christ. And don't think I wouldn't throw that in every Antifa's face. You see, we're in a really amazing time right now. And such an incredible time For us, it's an opportunity for us to heal and lead the way as God would want us to. You know, it's it's literally that place where you have to be the pastor that has a staff in one hand and and a sword on his hilt, on his hip, because you have to be clear that you're willing to die for your beliefs and. That commitment doesn't have to be visual as much as it has to be deep within your heart. We're committed to an amazing process, and God knows our heart. And part of us is when we give ourselves to God is to say, I am all yours, and I will do whatever you want me or need me to do, whatever the cost. 
That's, I think, for me personally, one of the biggest morals to Christ, the story of morals to Christ's sacrifice, is really a question that I've been putting to myself for many, for many years as I've contemplated the sacrifice of Christ. Could I do the same if I was called to? And the answer ultimately should be yes, because we would have to trust in him. But that's the deepest part of our commitment in faith. We're not committed to red, white, and blue. We're not committed to a political party. We're committed to a loving God and a nation that was designed to put God on the, have God on the throne above us all. That's going to be hard for some people to accept because there's going to still be people in this nation that are going to be agnostic. There's going to be some that want to translate Christianity in their faith in terms of including everyone, inclusion, and that everybody needs to be there, and they're not going to want to look at sin. There's going to be those that are going to want to continue to pursue their dark beliefs. And hopefully, as a nation rises up and resets God on the throne, all of these marginalized belief systems will ultimately see a true path. That's going to happen to a large degree of how we live and walk in this world. There's something I'm just going to note here, and I, I, I can't say this is true or not, but I, I am going to say it this way. Churches right now are starting to, are being told to prepare to protect their domain because they're going to come under attack. And it's, this is a normal, we're in a siege mentality right now. But this is also a time, and it's a time now to do a lot of praying for the enemy. Praying to disrupt the enemy, praying that the enemy will have a moment of realization and a connection with Jesus. We need to have those sorts of prayers because this is right now as they are angry like children who have lost something very sacred to them, and they have. They've lost a connection with a very dark evil, and they may not even realize it's a dark evil, but it has become part of their lives, part of their belief system, part of their religion. Our prayers should be directed to a certain degree to have that void filled by our Lord and Savior, whatever that looks like. We have amazing times ahead that are going to challenge us all including, like I alluded to, the, the coming crises of food and, and fuel. And as I spoke last weekend on this in, in one of the Fisher shows, I talked to you how I really feel very strongly that this trial is coming to equalize all of us and to bring us all together. I still believe that very, very deeply in my heart, that the trials ahead will try us. We will not get the victories we expect. We will get unexpected victories greater than we can imagine. But at the same time, we'll be put through tests and trials that we did not anticipate. And even if we did, or we thought we did, they'll be different and demand of us ways that we were better prepared than perhaps we thought, but not expecting. The only way we're going to get through getting rid of the dollar, getting rid of the Babylonian system, getting rid of the corruption in our system, which runs literally from the highest levels of central banking down to your local school board, and I just want you to think about that for a minute, 
how deep and pervasive this evil is. The only way we are going to get rid of it all is if we all share a common suffering and pain. I'm not wishing that on society, but all the cards are lining up. And what I truly believe is we're going to be facing some serious crises between fuel and food. And there's going to be a lot of people left stranded in so many different ways. And it's going to require us who have prepared to have that power of a cheerful giver. And you know, I've talked a lot about this lately. This is how we defeat a dark evil like this. We're celebrating life today, but let us not forget that life is also what is currently living, no matter what form it takes. And as difficult as it is to pray sometimes for our enemy, I believe that's truly what Christ has always tried to teach us, is that in the greatest moments of crises, as we pray for our enemy, we fulfill and an obligation to him and we equally open a door for him to reach into others in such a profound way that we can see change and transformation that is as great as any weapon of war we could deliver. And as we move forward and we look at these potential crises on the horizon, shortages of of food are one of these that can turn people into animals or they can teach people to trust. It's one or the other. It's not going to be a middle ground. We're going to be facing some challenges where we have to start making hard decisions. And it's better to start preparing now, not to build a bunker and prepare to war with your enemy but rather, or with your neighbor, but rather to start building bridges with your neighbors in such a way that they know that if something goes south, that you'll be there to help. And even if you don't share that with them, anticipate it. As much as we can, We need to start preparing for a time when the world would be shaken to such a degree because the system is that deep. And when it falls, the only thing between chaos and love is us. That's a big responsibility. And it's one that God knows that we can do. That God knows that we're going to need to be together to do it. He knows that all of us that are walking in this current path and the many different forms and many different ways we interpret it, we have to be together. So this victory today is significant. The timing of the many things are significant because it's showing us again that we will get through this, but we're going to get through this together. And step by step, the enemy will be dismantled. The ranks of God's children will grow. And the power to overcome the greatest obstacles will become possible through the belief and trust in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are truly blessed in this time that we live such an amazing time where you have given us the opportunity to see clearly with our eyes. You've exposed the darkness for us to see. You have shown us truly that once again that we do have authority over the power of the enemy. And we've gained that authority through our truthful trust in you. You've reminded us of the importance of unity and strength. Not a common central belief in the same thing, but rather unity in the love and respect for each other as we walk within the body of Christ. 
You've humbled us today with the power of justice. And equally now, you're reminding us humbly with the need to be humble in front of our enemy, to pray for them, understanding that many are wounded and many are lost, that they need our prayers and they need a relationship with Jesus. So, Father, tonight we pray for our enemies. We pray that they will, through this experience in the coming days, that they'll face the greater realization of what they've been part of, that their ranks will be diminished, that they will find a need to seek out you and to seek out a deep relationship with Jesus. For those that are able, they'll find their way to churches. For those that you guide, you'll find your ways to your children that are ready to stand and talk and console and introduce them to the intimacy and our relationship and love with you. Tonight, Lord, we also pray for our president, President Donald J. Trump. He's going to need a lot of guidance right now, and he needs good counsel. And we pray for his counsel, and we pray for his honesty, and we pray for his humbleness before this nation. Through him, it was possible that Roe versus Wade was overturned with the three judges that were appointed. And we've gone through a lot of trials with things that have been said and done that have left a lot of deep scarring in this nation. We pray for healing. We pray for forgiveness, and we pray for temperance and grace. Father, we also thank you. Humbled before you this evening on this amazing victory, for this is yours, a gift to us in a way that we have few words. For this nation has been returned to a nation of life, for the world to witness. We are humbled beyond anything we can express, that once again, we see light in your kingdom. We see light with the hope of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And above all, we begin to see you once again on the throne of this great land. Guide us in these times, Lord. Give us the wisdom needed. We are humbled by the sacrifices made. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It is a time now for us to rise in the glory of Jesus and to be strong, to be our community leaders, to be the voice that Jesus would want us to be. I don't care what party we're talking about. I care about what's in the heart of the individual. And though the party, the fight right now is in, in its frontal view is Republicans versus Democrats. We all know that it's one damn party and two ugly faces. And the change is going to happen with us, not by party affiliation, but by the respect to the values that we each carry. And as we move past the divisiveness and the hatred that have been generated by politics, we're going to have to learn to listen and to communicate with one another in such an amazing way that we are able to appreciate other people's perspectives to build a better nation. God would want us to do that. Jesus would expect us to do that. And that right there is going to be some of our greatest experiences in this whole fight. 
That's the long-term win. And as the faster we're able to move to that place, the quicker the enemy is destroyed. Patriots, give praise to God through the whole weekend. This is God's great victory. And as we're reminded by David, it was, it's the Lord's army and it's the Lord's fight and the victory is the Lord's, the, host, the, the God of hosts. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us, and he'll never forsake us, but we need to continue to give our prayers of thanks to all that has been given this week and all that is to come. In the end, God always wins. We know how that story is, but we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All glory to God. Oops, wrong one. Maybe you'd like to hear another another song at the end. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now